0: is officially in the books and with that comes another waiver Wire podcast. Welcome to another QB list fantasy football podcast. I'm Callan L. Sligger. I'm joined today by AJ Passman. The boss Eric Smith's away so the boys shall play. AJ how are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm good. I'm ready to play. I've uh, Unlike a lot of people I actually have some fab to spend this week so I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah I did not get into the Elijah Mitchell bandwagon in many of those so I have some uh, fab to spend but the problem is this week I have no idea who to spend it on there's no big name <laughs> that stands out like Elijah Mitchell so it should be an interesting show
1: yeah I saw him go for 88 dollars in uh, one of my leagues uh, so I didn't I think the most I bid was actually about 24 so <laughs> I didn't I didn't sniff anywhere near the 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 Mitchell the Mitchell bus.
0: Yeah, I was similar to you. I think the highest I went was 25% of my fab mm-hmm. and I didn't get him in any place I had fab. I got him in some waiver priority leagues with no fab, but I think I saw him for a full 100% of fab budget in one of my leagues. So, this is intense. But Silly if you season. want to if you have any questions for us on the show or just throughout the week, you can join us on our Discord, go to com and sign up for PL+, Plus and you can join the qb list discord and our sister site pitcher list talk football with us throughout the week we can we'll have staff available all day answer any start sick questions waiver wire questions all throughout the season you can also find us on twitter at vqb list i'm callen underscore l aj where can they find you on twitter as well at aj passman all right that's yeah, check him out. He does our waiver wire article every week, so he knows a thing or two about this as compared to me, who just sits behind a microphone and talks. <laughs> so we're going to get this rolling. Like I said, there's nobody big like Elijah Mitchell, but there are some very interesting names. And we'll start with the running back position. The big one that stands out to me this week, and you as well, is Alexander Madison. But he has a ton of question marks due to the health of Dalvin Cook. Are you interested in grabbing Alexander Madison this week?
1: I am. I'm. I'm really hoping that we get an update tomorrow, uh, right before, um, right before Wednesday, to see exactly if Dalvin Cook is good to go. I think either way, if if we don't know, I'm willing to uh, go in on him just for the possibility that that he plays because in week three they're at Seattle. Um, and I don't know if you've heard, but Derek Henry was just uh, playing against Seattle, and I think he rushed for about thirty thousand yards and sixty touchdowns.
0: Yeah, I faced off against him in a few leagues, so I'm hurting. This, <laughs> I was hurting this morning when I woke up, seeing that I'm interested in Madison as well, just for that sense. We were interested in him in draft season. He is that ultimate handcuff, kind of that Tony Pollard range, where he is draftable just because of what happens in Dalvin Cook gets hurt. Because let's face it, Dalvin Cook has not been the situation of health this year and he did miss some time last game like you said hopefully we find out soon enough when we do our bad bids so we know how much to bid if you are going to try and get him how much are you willing to spend how much are you going to go if cook is declared out for some reason we find out tomorrow cook will not be playing on sunday how much are you going to drop on then and are you interested in putting in a, a safety bet bid just for, throughout the season to stash him or is it just if cooks out that you want to get him
1: So right now, right now, Madison's at about 32%, which is a pretty, that's a pretty good handcuff backup percentage rate. And I, I'm pretty sure he's going to go above 50% this week. Um, so I think if you want to get him, uh, you're going to have to do somewhere in the $20, uh, or 25% range. If cook is out, I think it's worth it. I would do that. Um, you know, the way that these injuries go, um, it one week could easily turn into two or three, um. If I'm not sure, if we still don't know, I would probably still put somewhere in the ten to fifteen percent range just for the chance to have that that workhorse opportunity.
0: Yeah, I'm somewhere just for this matchup play alone against Seattle. If Cook is out, I can see him shooting right around my top he's definitely definitely a high end RB2 somewhere when I was doing my when I was doing my rankings. So he's that a must play if he if Cook is out, and for that like you said the twenty, twenty-five percent range sounds pretty good. Moving on, similar in a sense, as a backup running back, J.D. McKissick is the next guy on this list. He's currently 29% rostered on Yahoo Leagues, and we saw him do typical J.D. McKissick stuff in week two and be very involved in this passing game. We saw six targets with five receptions, 83 yards. How interested in you are you in picking up J.D. McKissick?
1: Oh, Callum, give me all the kisses. I'm in.
0: I, I, you know, uh, it's AJ. We we just met. <laughs> At least buy me a drink or something first. Hey,
1: you know what? If uh, if I don't spend too much fab on on McKissick, I will. Uh, he, I, I actually, I'm I, I'm in on him. I I think that you know we want Gibson to take the three down role, but I think that Ron Rivera is just hesitant to do it. And you can see why. I mean, it, it, what what we're seeing from last season, it's carrying over into this season where they trust McKissick not just on passing downs, but around the goal line. You saw the, the craziest thing this week was was that his. Uh, his touchdown was on the ground and not through the air, but what that tells me is that he is going to continue to be part of this game plan. So I, I actually think he has just standalone flex appeal alongside Gibson, um, and then of course you've obviously got you know if something were to happen to Antonio Gibson, then you've certainly got um, you know RB two value right there.
0: I wonder how much of it was due to the fact that they're playing on Thursday night. They didn't want to overwork Antonio Gibson. So I'm curious what the game plan is going to be now that they have a full week to prepare with Taylor Heineke behind center. But we kind of saw down the stretch that they are willing to do that. He was on the field for 44%. I may not be as interested as you seem to be that you want all the kisses. I'm interested in the upside (laughs) that it comes with, but... I'm a bit cautious, cautious about this just because of the short week that we saw. The matchup is great against Cleveland, and I think that could be due for a lot of passing down work for JD McKissick. I'm just cautiously wondering how much it's going to be based on just being a short shortened week last week. So it's kind of the same question: How much fab are you willing to go with on McKissick?
1: Sure, and 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 maybe I should maybe I should temper um, what what I'm saying as well because. I want him on my on my roster. I want to sign him up, but I'm pr- still not going to be doing more than ten to fifteen percent of uh, of my fab on him. So, I I absolutely will be putting in bids on that. Um, there are definitely some players I'd rather have. Uh, I'd rather have him then, um, but it's still going to be around that ten to fifteen percent.
0: Yeah, I think that's right about where I'll go to. And speaking of passing down running backs, a name I never really expected to mention on a waiver Wire show this year, Cordero Patterson was quite involved for the Falcons this week. He's currently 14% rostered on Yahoo! Leagues. And he saw five receptions on six targets for the Falcons this week. They got a good matchup next week against the New York Giants and... Thank, I didn't expect that you'd hear a Falcons name on this list, so good job, AJ. <laughs> but how, are you, as the resident Falcons expert, how should we temper some expectations for Dow Patterson? How interested should we be on him?
1: Um, yeah, definitely. I'd say anything with Atlanta, uh, temper some expectations. Uh, you know what? Maybe it's just as a as the Homer pick. I I just want something to to be excited about. But but I will say, you know. Uh, Patterson, he is known as, you know, the greatest kick returner of all time, but they seem to, again, want to get him involved in important plays. You know, again, he had, uh, he had a, a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown today. And even though Mike Davis is still getting the majority of the work, when you watch the tape, Patterson is much more explosive and he just seems like he, he can work into the office and uh, offense and can get a little bit more in rhythm with, with Matt Ryan. So I'm excited for him knowing that we're in kind of a, uh, a very inconsistent offense. And again, you know, n- nobody, nobody this week, like you said, is getting that kind of Eli Mitchell fab investment for me, but I, w- I would happily, I actually already have him on, on several of my rosters, but if I didn't, I think, his, I think his ownership is going to jump up, especially with uh, with a good matchup against the Giants coming up in week three. And so, again, I'm, I'm in that 10% range. So I have a lot of these guys that I'll probably be putting about 10%, hoping to get one or two of them and drop some underperformers.
0: A lot of what's going to come for Patterson is game script dependent. But you saw it against Tampa Bay, as soon as they got from behind, Patterson took over the Snaps and was the back at receiving back we were all so excited about Mike Davis this year but now we're seeing Cordell Patterson take on that role so we could probably transfer some of that excitement to to Cordell Patterson because let's face it Falcons aren't a very good football team I'm sorry AJ but they're not that good on defense (laughs) so we're gonna be playing from behind a lot and if Patterson keeps up this work in the passing game he will have some of that JD McKissick appeal so I'm with you that 10 to 15 percent is somewhere I'm willing to go for Patterson this matchup against New York, I don't think they'll have that game script because it's another not-so-good football team. So it's going to be a high-scoring game, but they're going to be playing it close, so we'll probably see a bit more work for Mike Davis. But long-term this year, I could see some, some little upside from Cordell Patterson, words I did not expect to <laughs> come out of my mouth. Yeah. And, and finishing up the passing down uh, running backs is James White. We saw We mentioned him briefly towards the end of last week's show but we saw last week six targets, six receptions, 45 yards. We saw in week one that he was also quite involved with seven targets against the Miami Dolphins. Do you have any interest in James White?
1: I do again, and this is on, you know, kind of a spot start flex appeal, much, much like the other, um, the other receiving backs that we've mentioned before. The Mac Jones is, is targeting him. And I think that the upside, there's not a ton of upside there, but I do think that that he could, in a pinch, be a be a, definitely a startable flex option for you. Um, it, I don't love his matchup next week, even though now I have no idea what to do with New Orleans. <laughs> I have no idea what to think about them uh, because they 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 ran the Packers ragged in Week One and then uh, were absolutely demolished by the Panthers in Week Two, but. With that, I do think that there is a there is a scenario where the game script has Mac Jones uh dropping passes, uh, checking down, and just dumping it off to James White for for little chunk gains after chunk gains. So I like him more in full PPR, but I think in, in half he's he's a potential uh flex spot.
0: Yeah, I think I would agree with that. What I'd like to see was that he's pretty stayed consistent in terms of the snap. He did get 50% of the work this week against the Jets in terms of snaps, but also they ran far fewer plays than they did in week one. So it's a little bit uh, misleading in terms of how much the snap percentage jumped, but he is getting about the similar number of snaps, and we're seeing the targets stay consistent even against the Jets, and he was getting about the same amount of work carrying the ball. So I, I am interested in that. Like you said, the Saints, it's a who-knows matchup. But the Patriots are going to be playing a lot of these games where they will have to throw. So I think James White is probably in a similar vein with Cordell Patterson. Probably about 10% I'm willing to go to try and bring him in.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right to me.
0: And the final running back that we think is the the main storyline for this week is Kenneth Gainwell for the Philadelphia Eagles. We see him continue to get work as the second hand to, uh, to Miles Sanders. And we have heard that some insiders, Sal Palantonio said that Kenneth Gainwell is going to come in and take some of the work from Miles Sanders as the season goes on. So how interested are you Kenneth Gain- in Kenneth Gainwell?
1: I'm really interested in him. I I would actually put him probably toward the top of all these priorities that I have just because the it seems like his work is going to continue to grow. Philadelphia has never never seemed to want to really make Miles Sanders that, that workhorse, that three down back. And so the spot was available. We thought Boston Scott would take it or would keep it in in the preseason, but Gainwell is impressing. And, you know, he's, he's young and he is uh, scored a touchdown this week on nine carries and 36 yards. And we're just seeing his, his workload continue to go up. So it, he's actually probably, up there with Alexander Madison as as my top priority, kind of in that same um, you know 10 to 15% range this week.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same boat. I don't think I'm as high. I think I would go for some of the PPR guys who you know you can probably start close, sooner than you can with Kenneth Gainwell, but I get the excitement for him. He is starting to eat into Miles Sanders' work a little bit. I wonder how soon it is. It probably depends on your team. If you're 2-0, and you can afford to try and stash it. If you're 0-2, you probably want to go get one of these guys who are more of an impact play, but I do like what I've seen from Kenneth Gainwell right now. So before we move on to some drop candidates in a little bit deeper league, just keep quick flyers, I want you to rank these guys. We don't have to go through all five, but in terms of your priority, if you had to prioritize these guys, give me your top three. Who would you are you most looking to go after?
1: Mm, I'd probably go... Madison, depending on the Dalvin Cook news. And then it's really, it's really neck and neck between McKissick and Gainwell. And, and like you said, it's, it's based on need. I, I like Gainwell as a stash, but if you need somebody in the next couple of weeks, then I would go with McKissick.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll put Madison at number one as well, just for the most upside. He could get, he'll get the lead work as soon as Dalvin Cook is down for this week. The other guys are more PPR plays, but I would put Mc, uh, Madison at one. McKissick would be two, and then I'd put James White at three. I think he's just a more consistent, you're guaranteed the work. Patterson I like, but I there is concern that maybe Mike Davis has a big week and starts eating back into being that lead guy we thought, so... So before we move on to some drops, are there any other names that are worth mentioning? Uh, we know there's some people who there are some injuries that you want to throw out there, and then just some deep plays. I know there's some zero dollar dart throws. Do you have any of those you just want to throw out there real quick? Yeah. So if
1: if Sony Michelle or or Tony Pollard are available, there Sony Michelle is about sixty percent owned in Yahoo leagues, and we saw uh, uh, Durrell Henderson go down today. We're not exactly sure. Um, we're not exactly sure his status, but I think Sony Michelle is going to continue to be worked into the off offense. So I would just check, check your waiver wire. If he's, n- if he's available, he's not going to be after Wednesday. And the same thing with Tony Pollard. Uh, he has just, he has earned a share of, of the Dallas backfield. And he, right now he's only about 54%. So basically half the leagues out there don't have him. So if you're one of those, uh, definitely go, go pick him, pick him up. And I'll say, I'm kind of getting back on the Michael Michael Carter uh, bandwagon for the jets, even though again, he's, I would say he's more of a stash because I, I'm not starting anybody in the jets backfield right now because it is a mess, but I do still think he has the most upside and he showed, he showed some decent promise in week two.
0: Yeah, I would, I would, Highlight all three of those guys. Tony Michelle, Tony Pollard, definite go-get. Tony Michelle would be the top priority if he's out there. Just because it sounds like Daryl Henderson likely is going to miss this week. I know it's a rib injury. If I had to put, if I was a betting man, I would say Henderson will miss this week. And if he does, Tony Michelle vaults in front of all these guys as the top priority if he's still sitting out there. So you mentioned the Jets' backfield that's going to transition us quickly into the drop candidates. We're not going to go super in-depth into these guys, but just give me a quick yes or no, maybe a, a, quick, sum, a quick sentence about him. Would you drop any of the following guys for these players we mentioned in waivers, Latavius Murray?
1: Oh, Latavius Murray—that's actually the—that's actually the hardest one. Uh, but I would probably not drop Murray.
0: I agree. I think the upside in Baltimore's backfield is higher than all of us. Any of the Jets' running backs?
1: All of them. Get rid of all of them run
0: away the the one i'd most hesitate for is michael carter's for the upside you mentioned but i think basically all these guys we've mentioned i would be willing to drop for i guess it's situation dependent but i'd probably drop them all for all the running all the jets running backs for any of these guys uh ronald jones that backfield's a mess how how are you playing that
1: ronald jones i have had him on teams and it is just a painful experience so I I don't want to keep somebody on my bench that I will never start and who just makes me sad every week. If if I start him, he makes me sad. If he's on my bench, he makes me sad. And then he's just taking up a bench spot. So I'm I'm just done. I am I'm off the rojo and I'm ready to move on. I would much rather grab some rookie with with upside or somebody with some guaranteed work that ha- that might have some good matchups that might have a chance to get into my flex spot. But I just can't see myself putting Rojo in any in any starting lineup that I have in the foreseeable future.
0: Sorry, Rojo. Um, I'm still going to hold Rojo I sink the upside in <laughs> a Tampa Bay backfield. Is, if you can take on that starting role, that's a lot of fancy production out there, but I, I totally get wanting to jump off, but I, I think I'm still going to hold him. And then just real quick, Gio Bernard. I think we both can agree, drop him. He's not being involved, and there's m- much more upside of all of these guys. Trey Sermon, for upside purposes, how are you? How are Trey, you playing him?
1: Trey Sermon, I'm holding, uh, because right now, you know, it seems like he he might be one of the only ones who's actually going to be able to play in week three. Uh, so depending on the availability of of the running backs, I'm still holding on to Sermon. I still think that he's got that draft capital invested in him, and. I'm gonna wait and see with him.
0: Yeah, and then I'll probably stash him as well. Keep an eye on if he gets ruled out. He's in concussion protocol. If he is moving to the IR, and you can get one of these guys possibly for free. And then finally, just real rapid fire: Tony Jones or Kenyon Drake? Are you dropping either of those for any of these guys we mentioned earlier?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm dropping Tony Jones. Uh, it, I don't have as much interest in him just as a pure backup, and Kenyon Drake. I might drop him for some, but I I would hold just to see what Josh Jacobs' status is. Um, Peyton Barber didn't show anything uh, in Week 2, and so I, I'm tempted to hold on to Kenyon Drake for a little bit longer.
0: Yep, I'll agree with that. Josh Jacobs' status seems kind of up in the air. So we're going to move over to the wide receivers, and maybe the most exciting player on the waiver wire, waiver wire this week, Rondell Moore for the Arizona Cardinals. roster. We saw seven receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown. A great week with a high-powered Arizona Cardinal offense. How excited are you about Rondell Moore? Should we drop a ton of fab on him? Should we temper expectations? What's your thoughts on him?
1: I love Rondell Moore, and I love the offense that he's in. I mean, Kyler Murray is playing like an MVP. He is scoring he's throwing for four touchdowns a week or more. I mean, it, it and I actually think that in this offense it's it's sustainable. He 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 led the tar- he led the Cardinals this week in um in targets and more than more than DeAndre Hopkins. Now, that's not going to happen every week. Uh, but we are looking at the air raid Cardinals, right? And so they they play four four receiver sets more than anybody else in the league. And so for me, that is, that's an open door for Rondo Moore to keep showcasing his talents and keep working himself onto the field and earning more playing time. So I'm excited for him. Uh, I think that, um, you know, he's actually probably one of my highest, um, go gets this week. If I, if, if he's sitting there on the waiver wire again, he's 33%, uh, he's going to jump up big this week just because of, uh, of, of this performance, you know, eight targets, seven receptions, 114 yards and a touchdown, and yeah i'm I'm all in on more
0: in a vacuum. I know it depends on teams, but if you're even on both teams, would you go more or one of the running backs you mentioned, or is more number one or any of the running backs ahead of him in a vacuum?
1: If I know what dalvin cook's status is, which i i my my gut is that Dalvin cook is going to play because he came back in several times throughout um throughout the game but I would probably for the season long upside, because we're only in week three, if you've lost a, a couple weeks here and there, um, you're still okay. I like the season long upside of Rondo Moore more, uh, but if I really need kind of that spot start for a running back, if I'm a Dalvin Cook owner, then I could be I could be tempted to go the Madison route.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm still going to be cautious about Rondell Morby. The upside is great, and if you can stash him, do it. I'm just concerned with this Cardinal offense. We're seeing that there's so many receivers involved. A.J. Green got a ton of work. He caught a touchdown last week. Christian Kirk caught two touchdowns week one. So it's just going to be so hard. Max Williams even got a ton of involvement this past week. So it's going to be so hard to predict who v number two in Arizona is going to be. The upside for Rondell Moore is great, and I think uh, he is probably the number one of all these receivers just due to that upside. But I'm hesitant to drop a bunch of fab on him just because it's so unpredictable, at least right now, who that next target is in Arizona. So I think I'm in the 15 to 20% take him for the upside, but be cautious because it's such an unpredictable. With the matchup against Jacksonville, ooh, Rondell Moore could go get him now because you're not going to be able to get him after this this week. Absolutely. So moving on, moving on to the next receiver on our list, it's Tim Patrick of the Denver Broncos. He's got a great matchup coming against, against the New York Jets. With the injury to Jerry Judy, we saw some involvement. It was pretty similar. He had four targets, three receptions, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Is he even number two in his offense? How interested are you in Tim Patrick?
1: Well, I think what we saw in week two was it's really Cortland Sutton's job. He he firmly established established himself as the as a wide receiver one in Denver and I was waiting to see that I I recommended picking up Tim Patrick last week um, I still think he's a good pickup I think he's more of a flex um, he's not gonna he's not gonna have the upside of of somebody like even KJ Hamler I would probably if you wanted upside a consolation prize if you don't get Tim Patrick could be Hamler but I will say that all Tim Patrick does, all he ever seems to do is just perform. And so if you want somebody solid, who's going to make the most of his opportunities, who's going to command at least a, a, a semi solid floor of targets, then, then, you know, I, I, he he's kind of in that five, 10, 12% uh, fab for me, because I, I, I think he's solid. And I think with Jerry Judy out, um, uh, the, the targets are going to be there. And really, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is, is throwing more. He's, he's playing more aggressively. Um, I'm actually really impressed with the way the Broncos have, have looked. Maybe some of that's with matchups, but you know what? In week three, it's, it's just going to keep going against the jets.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think what I'm concerned with is Noah Fant. is, it seems like he is starting to get that work. And we were wondering if any of his receivers are going to be a number two target. It looks like Noah Fant's taking that, but with the, way denver's played teddy bridgewater's looked you could, maybe the number three receiver on them has some intrigue so i'll, I'll probably go five to ten percent on tim patrick he seems to have be more getting more to work than kj hamler but you know there's still some upside of hamler so i'd be interested in both of them i'd probably prefer patrick just because he seems to be the guy but if you want if you want a constant surprise i would agree with going kj hamler next on the list is elijah moore of the new york jets The New York Jets have not looked great so far this year, but Elijah Moore may be one of the few people who have some, some intrigued eight targets last week, which is very exciting, but only four catches. How are you feeling about Elijah Moore?
1: Well, I think after the first week, a lot of, a lot of teams dropped Elijah Moore and you can understand why it was not a great debut when you compare it to some of the other rookies out there. And when you, contrast that with all of the hype he was getting in the preseason I think he left a lot of people with a bad taste in their mouth Um, so I'm actually going on the other side to say I I think that his week two was was pretty good Um, I don't see myself starting him but if but I I, so I see him as kind of a stash Um, kind of that just either make a zero dollar claim because I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna be too expensive to grab him uh, this week, especially I think overall people are going to be a little bit more cautious on, on the waiver wire um, after the Eli- Elijah um, Mitchell, the other Elijah, and after that debacle. So maybe there's a little bit of, um, of you know, anti Elijah sentiment on the waiver wire. So I, I would either see him as somebody who, you know, you go grab Wednesday morning, morning after the waivers play out, or if you just want to make sure that you get in, you know, you drop that one to two dollar Bit on him, but for me, he's more of a stash. I think he's talented. I think that again, if the Jets can get any sort of offense, consistent offense going, then I I like his upside. But much more of a stash, and 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 I'm not somebody that I'm going to be adding or investing a lot of uh, fab in. But um, but but I'd like to have him.
0: Yeah, I sure take the take the chance. If he's available on Wednesday, go for it. I'm not sure how much fab I'm gonna be dropping on him because it's the Jets, and I don't have much interest of in how they've looked so far in many Jets options. But if he's available on Wednesday morning, go for it. Spend zero dollars, try and stash him on your bench. It could be interesting. Someone who I am a bit more interested in is for is KJ Osborne of the Minnesota Vikings. Through two weeks he's seen fifteen targets and has twelve receptions. He did get in the end zone week two in the loss to the Cardinals. How excited should we be getting about this guy? Is he is he possibly one of the next receivers that go after Rondell Moore, or should we temper some expectations because he is near the top in terms of targets? He is, and
1: it, it, it's interesting how much of the offensive snaps he's getting. You know, in in week one, uh, he was he was on the field for eighty one percent of them. On week two, um, he was he was only on the field for fifty nine percent, but the targets uh still still came his way. It to me he's he's established himself as that third receiving option um as as far as the wide receivers go on Minnesota. So I think there will be opportunities. Um and really I mean I mean he he looks good and he's he's done the most with the opportunity. I'm I'm still more in that kind of maybe 5% of my fab for for Osborne, um, but I can certainly understand if people um, are a little bit more excited about him. But I, I'd like to see him continue to work more into the offense and continue to uh, establish that rapport with Kirk Cousins and see kind of where he fits in with Jefferson and Thielen, um, who have been a little bit inconsistent as well, especially Jefferson.
0: Yeah, in the same in a similar sense in terms of young receiver, we move over to Washington, where Diami Diami Brown had a very good Thursday night football. We saw six targets, and he was on the field for eighty seven percent of the snaps. This may be a name for you to keep an eye on in deeper leagues. But am I wrong for thinking that, or where where, where do you see Dane see him? I
1: I like I like Diami Brown. I think, um, yeah, when when you look at the yeah his his snap share, it was it was right up there with Terry McLaurin. And so he seems to be, I mean, the number two, as far as the receiving, as far as the receivers go with Curtis Samuel out. um, You know, I, I I like him a lot. I don't think that he's going to be somebody that you have to pay up to go get. I think he still flies under the radar because again, his involvement in the offense and more of the advanced stats is, is where he impressed, not as much just in the pure stat line that or the the fantasy points that he scored. Um, So I like him as a stash. I think that he's going to continue to, um, he's going to continue to be a big part of the offense. He's going to continue running, uh, running a majority of routes. He's going to be on the field for majority of the offensive snaps, and I think the production will come. And so you want him on your roster when that happens because he 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 could get expensive pretty quickly down the road.
0: Yeah, if you miss out on one of these. Big, the bigger names on a Rondell Moore, a Tim Patrick, or any of the running backs if you want someone to stash, I would agree. Go look at Diami Brown. He has been on the field for over 85% of snaps in both games, and that's unlikely to change with Curtis Samuel still being on IR. So I, I definitely like that name. And if, moving down the list, Henry Ruggs for the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to temper it just as a Steelers fan because a lot of the play was on a deep ball for 61 yards and a touchdown. But boy, is this Raiders offense clicking and looks really good against two good defenses. How are you feeling about Henry Ruggs? He was kind of one of the sleepers that were brought into fantasy football. Is he worth now jumping in on Fab and putting him on your rosters?
1: I'm personally not all that interested in Henry Ruggs. And I think that the uh, the game script in, in week two for the Raiders was interesting. The, the Steelers really bottled up. Uh, Darren Waller, you could tell that was a big part of their game plan. I don't think that that's gonna be consistent. I think Darren Waller is still the number one receiver. I think you've got um, some other options there. You know, Brian Edwards having a big week one towards the end. I think the big playability is there. Rugs is fast. I know John Gruden likes him. Um, to me, I I I don't know when to start him. And and so for that I kind of stay away and I'm not I don't want to invest a, a lot of fab in that. Um but I do think that that he is gonna be one of those names that that gets a lot of activity. For me, I'm gonna veer more towards some of the other guys. Uh, but I, I I think he's I think he's gonna be a big pickup this week.
0: I think Henry Ruggs is actually I'm gonna disagree with you slightly. I think Henry Ruggs is probably the second receiver I'd rank in terms of priority behind Rondell Moore. He's been the Ryder right up there is one of the more target receivers after Darren Wall. We know he's number one target, but the Raiders so far this season have shown that they're moving more towards a passing attack. They're just letting it, the car air the ball out. And Henry Ruggs is going to benefit from that. We had so much excitement for Henry Ruggs coming into the season. And he is a big play. He is kind of like a Marquise Brown when you don't know where, when to start, but in the right matchup, that big play ability can, great for him. So I'm definitely trying to chase the upside for Henry Ruggs. I think he has the highest upside of most of his receivers because you can see what he can do in terms of they play 113 yards, seven targets against a really good Steeler defense, though they were down some players. So I'm definitely on Henry Ruggs. He's probably number two behind Rondell Moore for me in terms of priority. And then real quick, I don't think we have much interest in this guy. Just tell me if I'm wrong. Zach Pascal caught another touchdown for the Colts this week. He's now up to three on the season, and he was you get six targets for five receptions, but Carson Wentz is hurt. Should we yeah. still consider him with throwing badge? Should we stash him or because it's the injury, kick him off your board for you? It,
1: really the, the injury to Wentz makes him absolutely unstartable in week three. I, I, I wouldn't, if I had him, I wouldn't necessarily drop him because he, he has produced in the first two weeks um, on, you know, some uh, decent opportunity. Um, but we have no idea what this offense is going to look like if if Carson Wentz is out, and it looks like he's it looks like he will be. Um, but in, until we know for sure, it, it, Zach Pascal was kind of even on that borderline, even with Wentz, because um, I'm just not exactly sure kind of what his role is going to continue to be in the offense. We saw Michael Pittman kind of take that step forward in week two that we were everybody was hoping he was going to do in week one so there's there's just too much uncertainty there and the you know the biggest thing is is Wentz's injury and that just kind of makes me out
0: yep completely agree don't have any interest of Jacob Eason's quarterback him Pittman's number one and this they'll probably lean a lot on more and a possible other name we'll mention the tight end so I don't have interest in Zach Pascal maybe it's a Wednesday morning thing if you really are desperate but that's all it is to me is a desperation play so before we move into the drop candidates, I want you to do the same thing we did for running backs. Rank your top three if you are prioritizing these receivers.
1: Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore, and Rondo. No. <laughs> uh, for for me, I'm probably... Uh, Rondell Moore's first. I would go with KJ Osborne's second. And... Hmm. I really like De'Amey Brown, but I think that I'd probably still go Henry Ruggs
0: third. Yeah, I'll go Rondell Moore one, Henry Ruggs two. We heard the excitement I have for him. I think he's got more upside than most of these guys on this list with his big play potential. And then number three, I'll, I'll still go with Tim Patrick just because I like what Denver's done. If you need someone to play this week, they're playing Jacksonville. But... I think, like you said, KJ yeah, Osborne is very close to that. So I'll say, Patrick, if you need someone to play, maybe Osborne for upside. So moving over to some drop candidates, just real quick, yes or no. Are you dropping any of these guys? We got a question on our Reddit post Say on what we saw. DJ Chark, are you dropping him for any of these guys?
1: I'm not dropping Chark
0: yet. Same. I would not do that. Brandon Ayuk. No.
1: No, he's too talented. Just give it time.
0: I'm going to agree with that. It's, it's getting annoying, but you got to stash <laughs> him. The upside there is higher than any of these guys on this list. So don't drop him just yet. Here's a name that we might probably agree on. Marquez Calloway. Is he droppable?
1: Yes. Drop him.
0: Yep. Saints have looked, looked terrible this past week, and I don't know if Calloway is even going to be the one if they're playing well. So, yeah, I'm I'm done trying to taste the upside for Calloway. Will Fuller's name that was kind of mentioned, I'm going to I'll give my quick opinion. It sounds like he could be back. He's back at practice. So he's kind of in the same boat. The upside for Will Fuller is great. I'm not dropping him for anyone do you disagree?
1: I'm not dropping him. I think that I don't know that I'm starting him with with Tua's inj- injury kind of being uncertain about what his status is, but now that he seems to be back in in the fold and he's back practicing and at the training facility, I'm I'm not dropping Will Fuller when he's healthy. He's incredible, and I, I want to see what he looks like in this o- in this offense and how they utilize him before I make any decisions on that.
0: Yep, and then finally we mentioned him in a waiver, but some people may want to drop him. Elijah Moore, I'll drop him for Rondell Moore. I'll drop him for Henry Ruggs. I'll drop him for Tim Patrick. And you want to stash him? Would you do similar, or is there any receiver you drop him for?
1: I would, I would probably keep Elijah Moore in if if I was in a deeper league or had you know deeper benches six seven uh, bench spots. But but no, I, I agree. I think that you know I I would certainly take Rondo Moore, Tim Patrick, um, a, a lot of these guys over him. And so if it if that was the last bench spot and I had to choose between the two, I'd, I'd drop Elijah Moore for them.
0: Moving over to the quarterbacks, this will be a a lot quicker. There aren't as many names. I'll just I'll just all open it up. Are there any quarterbacks that you know we saw Justin Fields coming? I'm sure he's gonna be mentioned. Is there any quarterback? Or give us just your thoughts on him. How much are you gonna try and fab to try and get him? And is any other quarterback worth mentioning in terms of picking up as a streamer this week?
1: Well, when when Justin Fields came in, I mean he I mean he looked like a rookie, honestly. Um, I don't love his matchup going into Cleveland. I don't think that's an easy ask of, uh, of a rookie quarterback, but obviously the rushing ability is there. The upside for him to um, break off, you know, 30, 40, 50 yard runs. Um, it certainly is attractive. Uh, you know, I will say that, that, uh, on Tuesday, uh, head coach, Matt Nagy walked in to, <laughs> to the conference and reiterated, Hey, Andy Dalton is the starter when he's healthy. So, uh, So I don't know how much of that is coach speak or how much they really think that. I don't know if that's a safety net if Justin Fields doesn't perform. Um, I like Justin Fields' rest of season uh, upside. I don't know that I'd be starting him, but if you have a spot, um, and assuming this is a one QB league, I, I would certainly go get him, but be prepared for the ups and downs of a rookie season.
0: How much fab do you drop on someone like Justin Fields in a super flex? I'm sure it's more, but in a standard one quarterback league, how much do you fab do you drop on someone like him?
1: I have a personal policy not to drop fab on quarterbacks count. So zero dollars.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. And then I'll I'll say, Teddy mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. He's got a great matchup with New York Jets. He's mm-hmm. uh, looked good in two straight games so far. He threw for over 300 yards last week and two touchdowns. The Jets are a bad defense. I will start many quarterbacks against them. So go get Teddy Bridgewater if you're desperate and need a quarterback this week if you're dealing with injury or you have someone like Ryan Tannehill has a tough matchup this week. I'll go start Teddy Bridgewater from this week. I like him as a streamer. He probably is my favorite streaming option. So go get him. And then just for... Drop sake, Ryan Tannehill's been kind of tossed out there. You are not dropping him for either of these guys, are you?
1: I am not dropping Ryan Tannehill. I, I, I think that there were a lot of promising signs in Week Two. The only thing that didn't come were the touchdowns. Uh, but other than that, his stat line was almost identical to Russell Wilson's. Um, and if you know Julio Jones didn't have that touchdown overturned, and if AJ Brown had had a few more, a uh, few fewer drops, then I think we'd be feeling a lot differently about Tannehill. So. I'm not worried about them, and it seems like their offense is just now getting cl- getting started to click, and um, so I, I, I don't, I don't see any reason to drop them. I'm, I'm not concerned.
0: Completely agree. And then two other, real quick: Trevor Lawrence, Jameis Winston. Are you dropping either of them for fields or in the streaming quarterback, or are you just gonna ride it out with either of those guys over a streamer?
1: I'm not as high on Trevor Lawrence because I, I think they're, they're. If you're in redraft, then there are going to be options that that perform as well as him this season. So, um, if you have him, I don't have a problem with you sticking with him. I think he's he's going to have some um, some some good up games uh, where he scores a lot of points. I'm out on Jameis Winston. I just think uh, in in a standard twelve team league, there are enough options on on the wire to. Uh, to stream better matchups with, with Winston. We, we saw, we saw both sides of, of the Winston experience in, in week one and week two. So um, I prefer a little bit more stability there. Yep.
0: The volatility of the quarterback position last week, we're telling you, go get James Winston. He's got a great matchup. And now we're telling him, <laughs> you know what? No, drop him. He's not as good. I'll drop him for Teddy Bridgewater, Trevor Lawrence. I'll probably be dropping. If i need a starter, I might keep him on my bench if I needed the upside play. But if I need a starter mm-hmm. right now, yeah, he's droppable for Teddy. Moving over to the tight end position. We're not going to go as in-depth on these guys because tight end you're kind of set with. But there were a few names that stood out this week. Uh, Pat fryer had four targets, four receptions last week. And with the injury to Deontay Johnson, he could be interesting. Jack Doyle had a very good week and he's stepping up. Max Williams had seven targets for the Arizona Cardinals. Do you have a favorite of these three guys? How much fab do you drop if you need a tight end? Just kind of walk me through uh, process with tight ends or if either any of these guys are more worth picking up if you need a play this week
1: well I I would have said Jack Doyle just because I I think I think the offense would have been a little bit more um predictable and his his usage would have been a little bit easier to um to make a case for um but again with the Carson Wentz injury I don't exactly know what Jacob Eason is going to do um he's um he could check down to his tight end or it he could do something completely different. So the 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 volatility there kind of has, has me out on that. Uh, of the 3, I'd probably go with um with Pat Farnsworth in um, in Pittsburgh. Um the Pittsburgh offense has not looked great, but I do think that there are good enough signs for a solid, you know, tight end two with tight end one upside if if he can if he can get a score. Um, and then Max Williams, um, old TJ Max, uh, the, the targets and the receptions were there. Um, but I, I just, I just don't think that's going to be a predictable, um, or reliable source of, uh, of fantasy points for a tight end, even in that offense.
0: Like I said, if Rondell the next man up for Arizona is so unpredictable, I can't go out and try and get Max Williams. I like the upside for Pat Fryermuth, but I'm concerned that he is going to be fourth in terms, maybe even fifth in terms of targets for Pittsburgh. With Deontay out, it makes him a little more interesting, but I wonder if they will just start dumping it off to Najee Moore and Pat. Prime move's definitely taking over from Ebron as the main tight end, but how interesting is that net that he has the most upside, but if I'm looking for a play, I'll go with Jacob or Jack Doyle, with even with Jacob Eves, and he may be that safety net. I do like the matchup against Tennessee. They've not been a great defense, so if I need someone for this week... Jack Doyle is a play. I don't know how high of a play, but he's probably on that borderline if I was doing rankings 10 to 12 range where it's like, okay, if you need someone, he'll be fine because tight end is a dumpster fire at times. And finally, real quick, there are some potential defenses out there. Carolina against the Houston Texans. I really like that against a rookie quarterback in Davis Mills. Las Vegas has looked really good. They're playing against Jacoby Brissett in the Miami Dolphins. That could be a good play as well. And then the Arizona Cardinals are facing Jacksonville. We always say start a defense against the Jaguars. And that's so that could be interesting as well. The most owned or rostered is 51% with Arizona. Do you have a preference of these three? How do you play your defenses? If you had to pick one, which one would you be most willing to stream with?
1: I think I'd I think i go Carolina against Houston. Again, you've got Tyrod Taylor, who's or Tarah Taylor, however you say it. Uh, he's, he's out, and they've got a short week and their home against uh Carolina's home against Houston and they just obliterated the Saints. So they they would be my top pick. Um and then I'd uh after that I would go Las Vegas and then Arizona.
0: Yep, I'm going to agree with you. You should have a short week going into the Thursday night game against Davis of Rookie and Davis Mills. I think you take advantage of that. They looked really good against New Orleans. So I'll go Carolina. The other two if you really need uh, Vegas against Miami, I'll probably would do that. Arizona, I'd probably just even if you have a a good defense, a bad matchup, I'd just rather play that than Arizona. I don't know what to believe with Arizona's defense; they just they got obliterated by Minnesota. So I'm just gonna avoid that. But the other two, if you need a streamer, I like them as play this week. That's gonna do it for this week's QB List podcast. Uh, AJ, once again, please let them know where you can find you on Twitter.
1: All right, yeah, thanks, Colin. You can find me at AJ Passman on Twitter, and I'll I'll be putting up the week three waiver wire article on QB List uh, this week.
0: Yeah, so please, please check that out at VQB List. AJ does great stuff over there. He The Waiver Wire is a very important read. It's always something I read before I set my waiver priorities just to get a little bit more insight. Like you said, find us at VQB List. And you should please come check out our Discord. If you need some answers to any fancy questions, you go to pitcherlist.com, sign up for PL Plus or, v, or QB com PL Plus. You'll get access to our Discord community where you can ask us any sort of fantasy football related question and someone from our staff will be able to jump to answer it. Or you can just hang out, talk football with us in the general chat. Sundays are great in there. We Every highlight gets posted in there. Everyone's talking about a different game. So you pretty much know what's going on every game the entire day. It's a lot of fun, great community people. So I definitely recommend checking it out. You can find me on Twitter at Callen underscore L It'll be in the show description. I know it's a lot of letters, but thank you once again for listening to the show. Good luck with your week three priorities, and thanks for choosing to the Cubulus Fans Football Podcast.